You're listening to MeSearch, a podcast featuring Filipino perspectives. In this show, we talk to trailblazers, business leaders, and bosses in the community to find out more about what they do. Join us as we learn and get to the bottom of things. Stay tuned. I'm popping. No, wait. I don't hear I'm not? any popping. No, you're good. Okay. Um, yeah, so I have this issue with my computer, everyone. Sometimes my sound pops. <laughs> and it's not popping like lip gloss, if you know what I mean. Hashtag lip gloss B. Popping. Poppin. Anyway. My sound be popping, but not in the best way possible. Anyway, sorry. Uh, okay, let's get into it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Dustin. Hey, Dustin. Hey, Crystal. Hey, everybody. <laughs> oh, sorry. Shit. It's the beginning. No, it's fine. I think we can just roll with it. I think that okay. was that was our that was our intro. Okay. <laughs> uh, clearly, everybody, we don't have a we we don't have a a meeting minute. Oh my god, meeting minutes. Where am I? I'm not working. Oh, boo. Outline. It's called an outline. Yeah, we don't have an, an outline. outline. We're just we're just here. Yeah, we're just existing in this space and seeing what comes out. Um, and hopefully, no, it's not hopefully. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. So um, I have a couple quick questions for you, Crystal, before we talk about um, the episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's up? First being, uh, I wanted to follow up with you on whether or not you actually watched the Dave Chappelle closer special. Did you watch it? I have no, I haven't yet. I'm sorry. I still need to no, do that. So don't let's... apologize. I didn't watch it, and I intentionally didn't watch it because I was like, you know what? Oh damn! Because my thing is like, I've read enough uh, perspectives from like the uh, trans community, and I realize like that's that's the perspective that matters because they're the ones being impacted and the consensus of that community is um or at least of the stuff that i've read is like eh, it's kind of gross <laughs> so i'm like yeah you know what i don't need to watch it i mean mm-hmm. david dave Chappelle doesn't need me to watch it so um, i'm just not gonna watch it <laughs> all right all right yeah <laughs> so that's my that's my thing um if it happens to be on on television if i'm walking into somebody's house as a guest um then perhaps that will be my moment but i'm not like dying to watch it (laughs) you know what i mean (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. i feel you um but feel free and then you can let me know what you think if you still intend to watch it yeah i'll let you know i'll let you know keep you posted thanks okay question number two Uh uh-huh um being that we're in the holiday season officially because Uh halloween technically has passed by the time this episode posts Halloween will yeah. have passed. So, and we, we said at the last episode that uh, Halloween was the gateway or the entrance way to all of the holiday feasts and festivities. Mm-hmm. So, what is one of your favorite holiday treats during this time? Mm. Or let me rephrase that. What's your okay. favorite holiday bite? What is your favorite holiday bite? Ooh, well, that's a tough one, Boo. I know for you, somebody who like enjoys all of the flavors. I know. So, um, what's the first thing that came to mind? The first thing that came to mind were pies. Oh, dude. Okay, honestly, me too. But you go ahead before I like give my answer. Okay, so it's it's between pumpkin pie mm-hmm. and a pecan pie. <gasps> oh my gosh. I recently just got into pecan pies. <gasps> I used to not like them. What? Because what? I was like, oh, this looks weird. Because <laughs> I think my perception of a pie was it's meant to be sweet, like an apple pie, a strawberry pie. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, but when I look at a pecan pie or a pumpkin pie, it's not traditionally, like, sweet looking. Mm-hmm. It's not super colorful. It's very, like, brown, um, which is, like, definitely fall colors. Uh-huh. And it's, it, I guess depending on where you get your pie, it doesn't need to be, 
like super boring. Yeah. You can dress, you can zhuzh it up, I suppose. Sure. But um, I gave it a chance. I gave pecan pies a chance. Uh huh. Um, this past year, and I'm like really into it. I especially like it <gasps> a la mode. Anything a la oh, mode actually yeah. is delicious. Um, clearly. Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh i'm so happy for you that you've thanks. gotten into pecan pies thanks yeah uh pumpkin pies i'm just you know i've i've tried it it's still okay for me it's all right but i'm glad that you're into it what about the pecan or pumpkin bite for you is like the thing that makes it your favorite of the holiday season um, it's just delicious. That's all. <laughs> Dang, you know what? That's all you need. That's a good ass answer. Good ass answer. Yeah, you know, um, I was also tempted to say, but maybe I will just for just because, you know, like I, I would say I would also say that I do love my mashed potatoes, the Tugati garlic dill mashed potatoes. Garlic dill. Mm-hmm. It's a big dill, if you know it, a man. <laughs> so what is in your garlic dill mashed potatoes? It's a secret. Oh, okay. We can keep it's it a my secret. Own, I respect yeah, that. It's my own recipe. However, I have shared it with loved ones. Shout out to Zarina if she's listening. Shout out to Zarina. Yeah. Um, and you're special. So if you want it, I can give that to you. Sure. I mean, if it's if it tastes good... I believe you. Or if you say that it tastes good, I believe you in particular because you've tried all of the things. <laughs> yeah, it, it tastes good. I've I've been making this recipe. I, I concocted this recipe when I was like maybe 17 or 18. Mm-hmm. And I've been making it since then every Thanksgiving for my family because it's been requested. Mm. And um, last year was the first time I didn't make it because uh-huh. I needed a more neutral palette or neutral canvas a neutral canvas for my adobo gravy okay because yeah last adobo year gravy. yeah last year i made a filipino inspired thanksgiving dinner using you know the traditional um, items that you'd see at on a Thanksgiving spread, but I infused Filipino flavors into it, like my sinigang turkey. Mm. Yes, bitch. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. So, quick question about your mashed potatoes. Yeah, what's are that? you pro chunky mashed potatoes? Yeah, I I'm I'm here for all kinds of mash. I, it's usually mm. a it's my garlic dill mash is a little bit on the chunkier side. However, last year I I it was a fine a fine like a silky mash. Yeah, a silky mash. Mm, okay. It was a silky mash, and it was really good with the adobo um, gravy. I you know I was so scared to make that. I'm like, how mm-hmm. am I going to make an adobo gravy? But it worked out. I, it worked out. I applied my knowledge and made a new thing. Oh, that's a very educator of you. Oh, thank to you. Do. Yeah, and thank to, you. to explain it in that way. <laughs> <laughs> what do they call it? Like praxis or something? I, I, don't, I don't remember, but you know. What about you, Boo? What are your What's your favorite bite? Oh God, there's so many. There's so many. But also oh my, my initial thought was pie uh-huh but specifically like the crumble or like the crust on an apple pie <gasps> and sometimes i jump between like lattice versus dutch apple pie as like my favorite type of apple pie okay um i love dutch apple pie because like the mm. crumble on top is just like so good mm-hmm. but um my initial thought was lattice pie, like the crust. Because depending on where you get it, the lattice crust on top could be like uh, extra caramelly, extra sugary. So it has like uh-huh. all of those different textures on top. Yeah. And I'm very much like a texture person these days when it comes to food. And 
when I hear the question, like, what is your favorite bite? I'm thinking of like, what are all of the textures I'm experiencing in this moment? And I think like mm-hmm. a lattice apple pie might give me more of that. Ew. So that that is my favorite bite Ew. for the holiday season. Uh, there's just too many things. I like, know, too many, too many. I, you know, I... I'm thinking about Thanksgiving sandwiches, leftover sandwiches. Okay. You know what? Oh I'm God. not one who has ever done that before. Like left, like made <gasps> oh my sandwiches God. from leftovers. I make them every year. So I will make you one this year. Okay. I will yeah. hold you to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'll give I'll give that to you. Also, speaking of pies, and since you're in the IE, yes. go get a pie from Mommy Helen's. Mommy Helen. Tell yes. me about Y'all? Mommy Helen. <sighs> Mommy Helen's is the queen of all pies. Mm. The queen of peach, peach cobbler, specifically. I know peaches are not in season, but um, they still have peach cobbler, mm-hmm. and it's, like, so delicious. I still have to try their uh, sweet potato pie, but they have made pies for celebrities because it's so good in the ie in the ie like they're housed in the ie and they still make things for celebrities i think it's in san bernardino okay yeah um, that's hella inland you can yeah you can correct me if i'm wrong someone i forget i just go i just go and i get the pie with michael (laughs) okay but oh my gosh Uh, yeah mom mommy helen's mommy helen best pie number one Crust, amazing. Mm. Filling, amazing. I can't. Like, we tried ordering just the crust just to mm-hmm. eat because mm-hmm. the crust is so fucking good. Dude, I'm all Ooh. about crust. Like, on yeah, dude. crust on cheesecake, crust on pie. Like, if it doesn't have a good crust, like, that's the vessel of which all of the flavors live. Yeah. Like, all of the goodness in the pie sits on a crust, so the crust better be damn good. Oh, the crust... Is fire. If you have time this weekend, you should go get a Mommy Helen pie. Okay. I, I am making a note, a mental note, and I will keep you abreast <laughs> of my food adventures. Um, speaking of food and pastries, um, let's talk about our guests that we have on the show for this episode. Yes. All right. So on this show, we have Chris Bautista, who is the owner of the Beignet Truck which is a wonderful, delightful pastry and food item food truck mm-hmm. in Studio City. Um, so if you happen to find yourself in that area, you will see Chris and his food truck handing out some delicious beignets. And if you happen to be on a TV set or a film set, you might also see Chris Bautista and his food truck, the beignet truck, um, yeah. on set as he also caters to... Uh, the folks on TV and film sets. Um, yes. So, but yeah, let's 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 tune in. Let's tune in. Let's tune in. Welcome, Chris Bautista. We're incredibly Woo-hoo! grateful that you're here to join us. Oh, yeah, thank you for having me. Research. Yeah, absolutely. So, Chris, I've loved following your journey online. You post a ton of cooking videos on Instagram and on TikTok and on TikTok. Keto stuff, vegan stuff, delicious cuisine of all sorts. Yeah. Um, and you also own and operate the beignet trunk in the Los Angeles area. Can you tell us a little bit about how you landed in food professionally? It all started with my love of food from my grandpa. My grandpa was born in the Philippines and uh, he was a chef out in the Philippines and he was in the military. He came out to the United States um, and uh, I spent a lot of time uh, in my early days with him because he lived by my elementary school. So I used to come to his house after school and spend a lot of time with him in his garden. So he kind of taught me a love of food in a way from all the way down to like the ingredients and like the love of like a ripe tomato. And I remember being in the backyard with him and just like picking ripe tomatoes in certain times of the year, especially like in the in like the summertime and just like biting into tomatoes, he would just bring out a salt shaker and we would just like be in the garden doing that. Anyway, like my love of food stems from like, from him and uh, and uh, everything that he used to cook, whether it be Filipino or not. Um, and uh, I mean, I love that man. Uh, and he sh- always showed me nothing but love. And so um, I think that I've always been chasing that type of energy ever since when I was a little kid, that like the way that food 
kind of connects and binds people together is something that I've always recognized and identified and gravitate towards. And so mm-hmm. it's something that, uh, and I also love to eat. Are you kidding me, dude? Like we all yeah. love to eat. And so I'm also a do it myself type of guy. So um, yes. yeah, that's my love of food, at least a part of it. So one thing that we talk about a lot on this show is kind of the diversity of not only career backgrounds, but educational pathways. Mm-hmm. So what did your educational pathway look like leading up to launching um, the beignet truck and building a following online? Sure. Yeah. So um, I had a love of food at a very young age. And uh, when I was very young, um, like my parents split up when I was very young and they mm-hmm. both ran into like financial troubles. And so I didn't grow up with a lot of money and I was home alone a lot because they worked several jobs. So oftentimes I'd be home alone at like the age of like nine years old. And I had like a refined palate. Sorry about it, but I did it. (laughs) (laughs) But I didn't want to have things like, um, like uh, mac and cheese, like box mac and cheese or like, Mm -hmm. uh, like prepare food or like, you know, like a can of ravioli. Like I I didn't, I didn't want that Mm -hmm. or SpaghettiOs and stuff like that. I wanted, I wanted food. Like I wanted to be able to eat something that was, um, that was like freshly made. And so I used to experiment in the kitchen as like early as like eight, nine years old. And it used to piss off my mom because she <laughs> was like, you're going to burn down the house and you're making a mess. And I'm like, Ooh, you know, I just want to eat something good, you know? Um, but, uh, yeah, I, uh, I, like I said, I didn't, I didn't have a lot of money. And as I got older, like, uh, I wanted to go to culinary art school cause I had this like innate love for food. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, I uh, was like saving up my pennies and I was like, ah, cause it's expensive. And it's not like mm. a, it's not like a great return financially. It's not like the best decision. Cause you spend a lot of money to get the education. And when you step out of the education, it's not like you're making a lot of money, you know, in a kitchen somewhere. So I had this debate, but I was like, I do want to follow my love of food. And I wanted to like refine my talent. That's kind of innate in me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I uh, was enrolling in culinary art school. And uh, I needed, uh, I had like money that I had saved, but they needed to approve me for the loan. Mm -hmm. So I reached out to my parents and look, like, you don't have to pay a dime, but I I do, I would like a loan. So I need you to co-sign for me. And in that process of them co-signing for me, and I was about, uh, I think 19 at the time, they were co-signing for me through that process. We found out that their identity was, had been stolen. And so they got, yeah. So we got, so they got denied or I got denied the loan and I unfortunately missed out. And so like, I was like really upset, really heartbroken because it was one of the things like I never grew up with like money and like opportunities. And so here was like another example of like a yet another opportunity where like my lack of like funds or opportunity um, like stopped me from like honing a craft or me excelling in a way that I was passionate about. Oh, so it was heartbreaking. But I, uh, I just like continued to just kind of hold my craft privately by myself, kind of self-taught, uh, do reading and doing a lot of research on my own. And then... Um, I saved up money and I went to New Orleans and like fell in love with New Orleans, the city and uh, uh, gourmet food trucks started to be a thing at this time. And so I came back and I was like, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to start a food truck. So even though I didn't have that education, I was just like, I don't think I, I think I've come to a point where like my resilience and like what I've been able to accomplish outside of opportunities that have been handed to me, I've been able to create things on my own. So why not this people do it all the time. So I was like, I'm just going to do it. So I, all the money I'd invested over the years, uh, I uh, put into, you know, into the food truck and I did it all myself. I didn't take out a loan. Uh, terrifying, as you can imagine, but I was like, I'm just going to do it. Like, this is what I love. So, yeah. So that was like my my journey from like my lack of education to actually learning on my own. You know what I mean? I love that. I love that concept of taking initiative to learn on your own and doing what you can to yeah to refine your skills on your own. That's amazing. Thank you, yeah. Can you remember what the first thing you cooked as a yes. kid? Mm-hmm. Ooh, please Absolutely tell me, I please can. tell me and how it got to that moment. <laughs> okay, so I, there's actually, okay, so there's actually a couple things, but the first thing that I could, and I think I was probably, I was home alone. When I say home alone, I was like, my older brother, I think was in the other room playing video games. But like, mm-hmm. I was like, I really want to make just an omelet. So I remember like being like seven years old and not having any sort of any supervision and not knowing how to make an omelet, but it's like, it's cheese. And I know that you, my dad like whips them. So it was like, I was just doing that. And I remember just throwing like all the cheese in with the eggs and 
I remember that moment and putting a bunch of bunch of garlic salt in it. And I remember it being so salty and so disgusting, but like it was something I made. So I like, I loved and appreciate it. And then the second thing I remember making was spaghetti, like Ooh. making it out of like ground beef and a jar of something in boiling noodles. You know what I mean? Like just like spaghetti. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so like, that was like, and I remember thinking like, Oh, I'm a chef. You know what I mean? Just like, Oh yes. Yeah. Spaghetti bae. Yes. Yeah. And I, um, and like the, uh, spaghetti that I had made, uh, I remember cause I had watched like my mom do it. Um, and she was just doing like, like, I just got off of work. I'm going to make, you know, food for everyone. And I remember watching her and I remember just like mimicking it and just being like, mm. oh, okay, that makes sense. Like why she did. Oh, oh, she like, cooked the meat oh you have to cook you know like just like <laughs> you're a little kid i'm like eight years old at the time but uh yeah and then i remember i got good at it, good at it so like my mom was like oh you have to make dinner so sometimes my mom would be <laughs> like oh yeah like make dinner by the time i get home at you know ex- you know anyway so yeah that's a good way to learn yeah yeah i think so yeah did your mom have a favorite dish you would come home to that you would make Oh, I mean, I never, so like, uh, she never trusted me to take, she barely trusts me now. And like, <laughs> I cook for a living. But like, it is one of those things that like moms always think that like, um, that, uh, that you need help or that you are, um, that you're, you're like still like a baby. So like for like, I was never able to like, take liberties. Uh, I remember one time I made her uh, Alfredo sauce, like a, like a fettuccine Alfredo. And, mm-hmm. uh, and she'd come home and she was like shocked that I was able to do. And I did from like scratch. And she was like, Ooh. Oh my God, I can't believe they, Oh my gosh. Well, you know, and anyway, but <laughs> she loved it. But like, even it doesn't matter, you know, what celebrity I serve, like who I cater, uh, like how many times, like how, how much living I make off of it. It doesn't matter. She's always just like, I don't trust you. <laughs> like, it's just, oh, it's always that vibe. Like, it's just my mom. Anyway. Uh, So, Chris, so what you're doing in the food and restaurant industry is non-traditional by the standards of a lot of communities. Mm -hmm. How do you think your relationship to your Filipino identity or community evolved during your career journey? Uh, Well, I um, it's it's a fun thing to appreciate uh, in like my culinary perspective, because I'm a very mixed race person and I do love to pull inspiration from each one of the things that like rests in my bloodline. And I like to pull out inspiration from those things and kind of combine them together because if it works in like this human being, I feel like it can work on a dish. Um, Mm -hmm. And so Filipino is one of those, uh, those types of cuisines that is, um, uh, is completely underrated and underrepresented i'm sure that Mm. everyone listening to this probably feels the exact same way yeah but Mm. there it's 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 just beautiful and it's uh it's balanced and it has just a lot of good things going for it so uh there are certain dishes like i'm not like my knowledge of filipino cuisine is like not as good as it should be but like everything that i've like studied and like gotten to learn and like read about and things that i learned from my grandpa like a very young age um, I like pull those inspirations and I still do to this day. So there's oftentimes you, I'll do all kinds of things that are like, uh, like Filipino tacos and stuff is something that I just do on the regular. Cause it's like, it just makes sense. And like, like pork adobo tacos are like one of my favorite things to make. And they're just fantastic. But, um, anyway, yeah. But, uh, I would say that like my, um, uh, and the Filipino community is always so supportive. Like the soon as they like they can pick it out that I'm Filipino and I always fall in love with like sometimes like the mothers come up and they're just like, oh, and they're like they know I'm Filipino, and they just want to be a mother to me. I'm just like, I love you. Like, yes, be my mother. Yeah. <laughs> I always love that. And so anytime like I'm on my food truck too, and like someone knows, sees sees me, they, they can identify that I'm like Filipino and they just shower me with like love. I'm just like, oh. Ah, anyway, it's kind of like related and unrelated at the same time. But anyway, it's just kind of like my culinary journey with like my Filipino heritage it all ties together. But that's awesome. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Do you have any culinary inspirations that you pull from? Like anybody in the biz, so to speak, that you look up to and kind of try to emulate? Uh, to be, I'm going to be completely honest. I'm going to go, I'm going to say the short answer is no. I, I, um, I, 
I'm, I'm trying to unlearn this pattern that I have for myself, which is um, since I grew up not having a lot of opportunities, mm-hmm. I uh, have grown a little stubborn as far as like, I've done everything that I've done on my own. I don't need anyone. I've had that mentality for so long, but that mentality there creates a roadblock. And Mm -hmm. I obviously can't uh, get past a certain point with like my own skill set. So I tend like, as I've done stuff, I've, I've tried to like not focus on what other people are doing in order to Mm -hmm. create my own perspective for better or worse. In some ways it's worked out for me. In some ways I've been very limited because I'm not, you know, that knowledgeable and I could be so much more. And there's so much uh, uh, talent and so much knowledge out there that I need to be soaking in. So actually in the past, uh, like couple years, I've really like really tried to step outside of like my own arrogance and like try to uh, humble myself and be like, you know what? Uh, I could be so much better if I did not have that type of attitude. So uh, I'm like learning. So I wish I could have an answer of like, oh, so-and-so, 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 but mm-hmm. I don't. No, I feel like I'm very much the same way. I'm like, mm. um, I can do this. I think it's part of, part of, uh, <sighs> And this is getting deep into like the uh, oppression of like minorities and marginalized uh, people, but like yep. you're very, uh, at least from my perspective, it's, it's, it's coming up in a society where um, you're being told like, oh, you don't deserve X, Y, Z, like you don't belong here and you develop, yes, you develop a, a thick skin to kind of handle that, that, um, that maltreatment, but also mm-hmm you get to a point where it's like, okay, fine. You're not going to help me. I don't need you. I'll do it on my own. And I definitely can relate in that sense. For sure. Yeah, completely. I mean, I mean, exactly what you just said, especially because like, because I am very mixed, uh, very mixed race. And because I'm also, you know, I'm also gay. So that like those things, like I never felt like I fit into like a very specific like community. I was never like, mm-hmm. I fit into a, some, uh, like a group of people that just accepted me for, who I was. And I felt like in, in everything that I stepped into, I always found people that n- didn't necessarily say like, Oh, you don't deserve this. They just didn't even see me. Like it was just like, yeah. I was invisible. Like there were times I remember I went and uh, when I first was starting my food truck, I sat down with the food truck consultant and uh, just trying to learn like, okay, well, like what's like the business blah blah. And he literally sat me down and he was like, my advice to you is to not do this. And I was like, okay. And I was like, I was like, why do you say this? And he's like, well, because I don't think you're up for it. I don't think you have it in you. And I was like, why, like, why do you say that? He's like, well, you just, you just don't seem like you have it. And he's like, I'm looking at your menu and uh, you just uh, like the way you've structured your menu. It just doesn't really make sense. And he was basically trying to talk me out of, of, of making a mistake. And I went like that type of treatment and that being spoken down to like that Mm -hmm. uh, has been a pattern in my life so much so that it was routine. So I'm like respectful and I'm just I'm nodding my head. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And I, and I, at the end of it, I just like, well, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to be like, I'm going to be successful at it. And I leave the meeting like, fuck, you know, like, am I going to be successful? Like I, but I, in the, in the face of that person, I'm like, like, I'm going to be successful. And then I leave and I'm just like, oh, that crippling, you know, anxiety and that, uh, and that like a uh, doubt that I have is like, Oh my gosh, maybe he's right. Oh, but then no, I've been doing it for like over eight years. And I've been killing it. Like I've been wanting to go back to him and be like, have my pretty moment moment, you know, like, Oh, yeah. you're on commission. Big mistake. Huge. You know, with my bags. Yes. Yeah. But like, uh, anyway, um, it is just like that, that energy of like, ah, someone just, uh, looking right through you. And I think that mm. especially cause I'm like, I don't necessarily have a huge presence. Like I'm, I'm short and I'm brown. You know what I mean? Yeah. And those two things together are like when you go into certain spaces where that are predominantly, you know, like powerful, like straight heteronormative, like white communities. Oftentimes, I sit into those those environments and I just get looked right through. It's not even that I get mistreated. It's just I don't even exist. I don't factor into the setting or the energy in the room until I make my presence now. And then it's like, Oh, 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 hi. <laughs> like, who's this little guy, you know? Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a funny dynamic, but that's also something that kind of drives my success in a way is to kind of like that need to feel validated, maybe not by somebody else, but for myself to feel like, no, like I am, like I am, I do have a lot to offer a lot of 
good perspective and like uh, and a work ethic and talents and intelligence. Like, like I need, I need it to, to, to be put forward. So anyway, mm-hmm. is that what you asked? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Preach. <laughs> oh, <I'm> kidding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Sorry. I like, I ramble often. But no, that's no, good. no. It's good for was... a podcast. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you for sharing yeah. that powerful moment with us. Yeah. Uh, well, we're going to take a quick break, but we will be back with Chris. Yeah. Yeah. Yay! <laughs> so, Chris, let's talk about some career highlights. Um, yeah. As you look back on your challenges and triumphs, can you tell us about some of your proudest moments? Yeah. Um, I have a few. Um, and there's, there's always like the, the little things that happen that, um, that you're able to kind of step back from like your regular your routine, your day to day and just like kind of reflect and just be like, I can't believe that. Like I, I was able to do that. Like, um, uh, I remember the first, uh, like the first uh, year that I was doing my food truck, um, the first like uh, six months were a grind, as you can imagine, a small business, mm-hmm. uh, with no experience owning a business, just like, your own common sense with mixed with trial and error and your own work ethic, 18 hour days, like craziness. Um, but, uh, I started getting to the point. I remember I, the first thing I got, uh, I got a phone call from Jennifer Lopez's assistant and she got my direct telephone number. No idea how she got it. She got my direct telephone number and she was like, hi, um, I'm Jennifer Lopez's assistant. She's working on a movie. Uh, can you be here in four hours? And it was like, it was like a Friday or Saturday night. And I was literally on my way to go see third eye blind at the house of blues. And I was like, (laughs) I was like, I was like on my way out. And I was like, uh, yes. Like Jennifer Lopez literally (sighs) wants my food truck. Like, and I was like, is this a prank? Like who I was like, and I remember I said to the, I was like, I was like, um, just to like verify, like, you are Jennifer Lopez's assistant. She was like, no, I get it. She's like, this is really strange. She's like, here's, here's, I'm going to email you this blah, 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 blah. And she'd send all kinds of stuff. Like this is legit. And I was like, okay. So then like, I, I got like my employees together. We, I did everything very quickly. We went out and served like the casting crew of a movie that she was working on. And uh, yeah. And ever and then through that production, um, the uh, people that working on that set, we're like, oh my God, that truck is so great. We want to hire you on Glee, which was like on two days later. So then I started working on Glee and then it was like, oh, uh, someone on Modern Family was on the same production. Oh, here, blah, blah. So then all of a sudden I'm like in on these like television productions. So I'm like constantly on sets for all these like major uh, TV and movie sets. And uh, I just got in and there's been like several times when I would like step back and be like, oh, like I can't believe I'm doing this. Like, I can't believe that like, uh, that I created literally something out of nothing. Like I saved money uh, waiting tables and like bartending and not having an education, saved up my money, taught myself how to do something. And all of a sudden I'm desired by like these people that like people like, I don't know, put on a pedestal. And I just like, um, I've had several moments like that. Like I was on, uh, I did Kim Kardashian's surprise birthday party. And it was just like her and, and, and like the, the Jenners and Kanye West. And it was like literally just like 12 of them, just like the family. And she put me on her Instagram story and was like, oh my gosh, I'm here with the beignet truck. And I was like, is this real life, dude? <laughs> like to see my face on Kim Kardashian's Insta story was like, this is bananas. Like what is happening? Anyway, um, I just, uh, yeah, just like there's several moments that like, I have to, I just feel very blessed, but at the same time, I also did put in the work and, yeah. uh, as much as like, I don't, I do feel part lucky. I also did the work in order to mm-hmm. get the things that I have. And so, um, yeah, anyway, so I would say that those are a couple career highlights for me. Imagine <laughs> yeah. if you Amazing. didn't let, imagine if you didn't answer the phone. Right. Cause it's like one of those things that like, Oh, is this like a, like a, like a telemarketer? Like I could have yeah. not, right. cause like that really did set the course uh to the things that i've been able to do and um yeah if i didn't answer that phone call i have i have no idea so now like i always answer the phone call I use, and even if it says like my iphone's like uh like probably a scam or what does it say it's like oh like don't answer this Spam risk yeah. yeah exactly i'm like ah, let's start you know <laughs> like okay, yeah I'm like ah, we'll see um anyway 
but it's yeah. it's very much uh it's it's very much preparation meets opportunity your your yeah. whole like success story that's amazing yeah completely i feel like if you um uh if you're not necessarily given like the opportunity opportunities are given it like the advantage or like as a, like a lot of the word that's thrown around like the privilege in order to excel in a very capitalist type of environment yeah uh, without those tools it's an uphill battle and it will always be an uphill battle to reach a certain point. And then you get to that certain point, it's still uphill, but like you are given the tools of like, uh, of like perseverance and like struggling through adversity. And Mm -hmm. it builds a strength, like a muscle within you that like comes to a certain point, you just kind of get it. And you're like, I'm unstoppable because I've learned things that you can't learn in school or with an education or with money. Like I have, been blessed to not have money because I'm stronger in so many ways that I value more than I I would ever value a dollar. So anyway. I love that. So for folks at home or on the road listening to this podcast and they're thinking to themselves, I want to do what this Chris guy does, right? I want to launch my own business. I want to Mm -hmm. do like launch my own restaurant, launch my own food truck. I want to build an audience and teach people how to uh, do this or that. Um, what from your experiences and triumphs and challenges do you feel like are nuggets of knowledge that you would like to pass on to younger folks to kind of make it happen for them? Yeah, I would say don't do it. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, look that guy. No, I'm completely kidding. I would say the biggest, um, the the couple biggest things are. Uh, stepping it into a uh, uh, into like a new adventure, it's going to be scary. You just have to uh, learn how to manage your stress and learn how to fail because it, it, the road to that type of success that you're trying to create for yourself will have many fails along the way. Mm-hmm. You, it's trial and error. You have to be comfortable with the stress and you have to find joy in your day to day. If you don't have, if you don't, experience joy in your day-to-day, you will burn out so quickly. So it has to be something you want to do so that even through the hard times, you are working towards something and even the work towards that on that path will bring you joy. It has to be that. Otherwise, you're not going to like your life. And if you don't like your life, what's the point of doing it? So I, I, I say find, find, find the joy. Excellent response. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> Earlier, you mentioned you went to New Orleans, and I can only assume this is why, you know, beignets are the centerpiece of your culinary work. Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell us why beignets specifically from uh, New Orleans cuisine? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I um, I mean, it was something that like, uh, when I tra- when I, okay, so when I traveled to New Orleans, just a little bit of backstory, because uh, it adds to like the perspective. But when I traveled to New Orleans, I uh, it was the first place that I had really traveled to outside mm-hmm. of like California that I actually gone on my own and went to explore food and explore culture. Um, so I have a soft spot for that city because one, it's beautiful, beautiful if you've ever been. It's the culture, the melting pot of like Caribbean and like uh, African and like French and Southern American, all of it together in Spanish. There's a lot of influences that... Um, guide like the music and guide the food. It's a mm. beautiful, beautiful area. Um, so when I went to New Orleans, I went because like I was like in love with the idea of the food and it did not disappoint. And everything, even outside of the beignets, everything was like inspired me. It was beautiful, the music, everything. I was kind of swept away. But beignets were something that I went, I went to Cafe de Mon, I went to Cafe Beignet, some of like the two or uh, bigger beignet spots out there. And I fell in love with like the simplicity and uh uh, of the beignet because it's something that is like uh, seems so simple, just like fried dough made f- like made from scratch, covered in powdered sugar, and powdered sugar being on the outside. It's not an icing. It's not. It's just like mm. just sugar and dough, and but made fresh. And that to me, in the light, the lightness and the airiness, because um, I was never really a fan of donuts. Ironically, mm-hmm. I didn't even have a sweet mm. tooth. I know how funny. And then <laughs> I just like fell. I was like, these are not donuts. These are fantastic. And when I got back from New Orleans, I actually started to like, I really want a beignet. Like I really want one. (laughs) And so I was like researching like where to buy them. And like 
literally I could not find, I was like, how is it Los Angeles is this big of a city and I cannot find a good beignet to purchase? I guess I got to make them. So I was like making them, got pretty good at it. And I was like, you know what? Beignet food truck. Like this makes sense Boom. to me. And I was like, and also like the business side of me is like, I started doing the numbers in my head. Well, like my overhead would be low because it's like, it's not going to cost me that much money to make to this. It's going to be a lot of work, but I'm, you know, and so I was like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And so, yeah, it's been my bread and butter, you know, ever since I started like over eight years ago. Mm. Your beignet and butter. My beignet and butter. <laughs> Your beignet butter. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I love that. Um, all right. So, um, Chris, is there anything you're working on? Um, anything exciting that we should be aware of? Yeah, I mean, outside of uh, my normal like day-to-day beignet stuff, uh, that's always exciting for me. I do a lot of low-carb recipes. I do a lot of work for a lot of different companies, um, which really inspires me, what I really love. But something that really drives me and a perspective that I have that I like to contribute out into like the world of like my social medias are the um, or or the, my contribution to like the LGBTQ plus community. I identify mm-hmm. as gay, and uh, I uh, do a lot of. Um, a lot of uh, like during Pride Month, I do a lot of Pride themed posts and uh, like culinary works that like reflect uh, like the Pride flag. And I talk about a lot of issues with that. In October, I do um, things uh, for National Coming Out Day. And uh, I like to kind of facilitate like conversations and kind of like be uh, like start conversations between people that might need help or people that uh, are in a situation where they feel like they are being um, like, um, snuffed out you know what i mean like marginalized yeah. groups mm-hmm. um those marginalized groups are are people that i gravitate towards because i was that i am that it's just it's who i am so uh like what little talent or like what um drive uh i have i like to extend it out to those who need it so um especially like in october and um national coming out day uh i did a very public national coming out day uh, a couple years ago uh and uh it, the response is beautiful and i got people reaching out to me from like all over the world uh saying that it was inspiring for them or that they uh they related to my story and uh i kind of found the power of 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 that kind of human connection through days like national coming out day in october or pride month in june but uh yeah so and and either one of those times always look up with the things that i'm going to be doing because I, I really like to highlight um, like the LGBTQ plus uh, community and the issues within it. So, awesome. Amazing. Where can people go to learn more about you and the beignet truck? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, uh, all of my um, social medias are at Bautistud. So, you know, that's like a really cute name because my last name is Bautista, but I Bautistud, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, but uh, yeah, at Bautistud is like all my, like on TikTok and Instagram and all, and all that. Uh, and unlike uh, the beignet truck, uh, y- you see all my content that I do it actually in both the Bautistud accounts, but then also uh, at Bautistud and like Instagram. Um, we do a lot of like uh, public events during like the summertime and sometimes well, a lot of times uh, during like the holidays. Uh, so keep a lookout and come support, you know. Cool. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. All right. So it was so wonderful having you today on the podcast, Chris. Um, y'all check them out. Go to the beignet truck. Chris, baby, baby, thank baby. you. Yes. Baby, 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 baby. Honestly, thank you guys so much for having me. It's, it, this, it was a blast talking with you guys. You guys are fantastic. But seriously, thank you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Y'all, this was Chris Bautista. Baby, baby. Baby, baby. Baby, baby. baby. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. My goodness. My goodness. That was quite an episode. That was quite was an it? episode. No. Yes. Yes. Loved it. Uh so I like definitely have a craving for like pastries now. I mean this whole episode <laughs> we've been talking about food. I know. Um what about like learning things? What did you learn <laughs> and take away from uh this conversation with Chris? Learning things. Um, You know, I really loved how he talked about how when he was trying to start up his company, 
um, whoever he was speaking to was like, oh, I don't know if this is going to work and blah, blah, blah. Like, how are you going to, like, I don't know if I want to fund this, you know? And that just made me think about how um, historically the United States is, like, not the best at providing um business loans and just like loans and a lot of other things to people of color right and um yeah it just made me think about that um and how how much harder people of color have to work (laughs) you know yeah yes yeah yeah and how 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 much perfection quote-unquote perfection has to go into just feeling like we're worthy of, you know, starting up our own thing and getting the funds that we need. And it's just, F the system is my takeaway. Ah, (laughs) well, that's a very good takeaway. Yeah, F the system. And also, um, you are worthy if you are a person of color. And I know that specifically the, like, the Black and Latinx communities have have faced this challenge in in a you know to a, a deeper extent you know mm-hmm. i don't yeah. know deeper extent is like the the word or the phrase that i'm looking for but um i get you yeah, yeah yeah like they um, yeah they definitely feel it yeah um but yeah just don't let what society and the structures have uh, ingrained in our brains. Don't let that stop you. Like how Chris has been resilient and has overcome so many things financially. He has a successful shop that he's happy and proud of. And, um, yeah, as the system, go do it. Yeah. I, um, to piggyback off of, off of that, um, there's going to be a lot of folks who, say that uh, your idea is sucky or doesn't make sense or they might discourage you. Um, I just feel that this episode has been a reminder that um, those instances aren't like really true measures of your value to society. Mm-hmm. I know it can feel discouraging when you get like a door slammed in your face, but... That should not be um, a reason to stop pursuing what you really want to do. Right. Um, And I also like what I like about um, Chris's journey was that it is not traditional in the sense of um, he took a prescribed route educational wise or education wise. Mm -hmm. He didn't have the same opportunities as other privileged folks might have in the sense of, you know, I have these funds to go to school. My parents can support me to go to school. Um, he didn't have a traditional educational background, um, but he made it work. He taught himself. He found ways to, um, work on his craft and mm-hmm. over time, he got where he needed to go. And I think that's uh, also another reminder for folks that think there's only one pathway to success or only one way to reach a desired outcome. There's so many ways to uh, build a business, so many ways to be successful, so many ways to um, do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's trial and error. Sometimes a traditional thing will work for you and that's great. But like, just know that, you know, just because Susie over here is is doing it one way doesn't mean that you need to follow exactly in their footsteps. You know, blaze your trail, blaze your own trail. Mm-hmm. Amen. That's what I got to say about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Blaze your trail. Um, screw the system. There are alternate ways to do everything. Yeah, literally everything. Literally everything. Yeah. Oh, have an open mind. There are ways of living in this world and navigating through this world that people have not even imagined yet. Yes. And, you know, that makes me also think about if you are in a position where you can help someone also, if you've kind of blazed your trail and you see someone who needs a little help and 
they don't have access to, you know, a loan or um, backers or whatever. If you are in any way able, I think you should help. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> because totally. It's hard. Yeah, I mean, we talk about uh, this idea of supporting the uh, the community. So if it's if it's not like loaning somebody a hefty sum of money, like support their business, buy their art. Yeah. Like, again, we've said this a million times. So in this case, like, yo, find this, find this food truck, buy beignet. Yeah. Say hello. Yeah. Say, Say hello. hello. Speaking of supporting other fellow Filipinos in the community, mm-hmm. let's have everyone listening to this podcast support me search. <gasps> and how can we do that? Um, let's see. One idea mm-hmm. is leave us a five-star review mm-hmm. on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a uh, a comment or what else? What else can people do? Yeah, t- to tell support? us why you like it or not. <laughs> yeah, literally give us one star if you hate us. Yeah, like, oh my God, Dustin and Crystal are the worst. I, I can understand why like people might hate us. <laughs> Um, but also, oh, yeah. like, I don't know. care. <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't care. I uh, but I do don't care about the people who love us. <laughs> yeah. And if you do love us and if you do want to support us, then uh, do 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 the things that uh, demonstrate that you support this podcast because it will help. Um, yeah, it will help other folks find the content that you have found inspirational in these past like two years that we've been doing this yeah or one year and a half one year year and a half like yeah. a year and like a few months a, a year uh, yeah uh, sh- share it on your instagram share it on your facebook share it on your twitter share it on you, the telephone when you're talking to a friend yeah tell your mom tell your, tell your mom, cousin tell your cousins tell your titas and your titos yeah um yeah and uh, thank you for loving us and supporting us as we love and support you. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, all right. So, Crystal, give us a final goodbye. You are worthy of all things. Remember that. Oh, damn. That was a good quote. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, y'all. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. MeSearch is produced and hosted by Dustin Domingo and Crystal Tugatti. Editing by Dustin Domingo. If you enjoy MeSearch, make sure to share, subscribe, rate, and leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. Also, make sure to check us out at MeSearchPodcast.com and follow us at MeSearchPodcast. We're going to get to the bottom of things. This is MeSearch, folks. Woo!